Welcome to the Empowered Eating and Living Podcast, where we dive into your inner world to explore all of the psychological, emotional, energetic, and spiritual components that may be influencing your struggle with food and eating. I'm your host, Sarah Emily Spears, a trained psychotherapist and energy worker who recovered from my own eating disorder. And now I help women just like you do the inner work to address the real issues keeping you stuck in your problematic eating patterns. Because I assure you, your problem with food is about way more than food. So join me and guest experts as we discuss the psychology of eating and healing and empower you with tangible steps you can take today to begin to improve your relationship with food and yourself from a place of true nourishment and care. Hello, beautiful, and welcome to today's episode of the Empowered Eating and Living podcast, where I am going to be dedicating the entire episode to the topic of emotional freedom technique, also known as EFT or tapping for short. Tapping is one of my favorite tools and self-help techniques that I personally use and that I teach and use with my clients. So if you've worked with me before or you followed me, then you're probably somewhat familiar with tapping. And if you're brand new, that's okay too. In this episode, I'm going to be explaining what EFT is, how the process works, all the ways that it can benefit you because this process has been shown to be evidence-based, meaning There is plenty of research supporting the efficacy in a host of areas, including anxiety, depression, trauma, PTSD, food cravings, etc. It's pretty phenomenal how this tool works, which is why I'm so excited to share it with you. And I'll also be explaining how you can begin to use this process to support you in improving your emotional eating habits. If you're somebody who tends to use food to self-soothe and you feed your feelings instead of feeling your feelings, then it makes sense that emotional freedom technique may be a process that could benefit you in beginning to actually feel and free your emotions instead of stuffing them down with food. Before we get into that, let me just start with the background of EFT, which was developed in the 1990s by Gary Craig, who was a Stanford engineer. And he developed EFT based on his study of the work done by Roger Callahan in thought field therapy, TFT, which is now known as energy psychology. It's also really important to note that EFT uses the ancient Chinese meridian system. So... Chinese medicine has used acupuncture and the meridian system for over 3,000 years. And EFT takes those same acupressure points where traditionally um, Chinese medicine might insert needles to stimulate the meridians. EFT is using fingers to gently tap and stimulate these acupressure points. So I just want to make sure that we honor the lineage of where this sort of wisdom and knowledge stems from because it's really not new age. It's simply building upon a wisdom and knowledge that has been around for centuries Gary Craig just happened to modernize it and create a formula and structure and a way of using these acupressure points that any person can do for themselves. And it's integrating both the acupressure points with a cognitive processing. Cognitive processing means cognitive, cognition, thoughts, right? We're processing what it is you are thinking or feeling that is contributing to your internal discomfort. And the whole premise of EFT 
is really based on the discovery that the cause of all what we would call negative emotions or symptoms is actually a disruption in the body's energy system or the energy meridians and the cognitions, what it is you are thinking often then influence how you feel. So if you are thinking a negative thought or fear-based thought, then that is going to create the emotional energy in the body, the chemical reaction in the brain and body that creates a physiological experience of distress or fear If that energy does not fully process through the body, it can get stuck or blocked in your body. And that is what contributes to a feeling of discomfort or to symptoms in the body. You could think of your body like a house that has electricity. And when the energy in the house is working and there's no blocks or a fuse doesn't blow, right? You turn on the lights and the lights work. And the power works. But if a fuse blows or something short circuits and there's a block and the energy can't actually flow anymore in your house, you no longer have electricity or power. And the same could be said for your body, which is the house of your soul. If your energy also gets stuck or blocked, then you may not feel the same amount of energy or power. And instead could experience a number of symptoms, including anger, anxiety, stress, depression, headaches, physical pain, food cravings, you name it. It all stems back to energy. And ultimately, EFT works to address these energy imbalances. It helps to clear these disruptions, thereby restoring the flow and balance of the body's electromagnetic and more subtle energies. And what's cool is that EFT can work in minutes, and the results are long-lasting, and there's typically very few of any side effects. So by learning to use EFT for yourself, or with a practitioner like me, you'll be able to literally tap into your body's innate ability to heal itself by relieving energy imbalances so that you can feel your best physically, mentally, and emotionally. Ask me how I know. Let me tell you a little personal story of how I first was introduced to EFT because I know it can sound maybe too good to be true or you may just be entirely skeptical. And I think it's good to have a little bit of healthy skepticism because you don't want to go out there and just believe everything from everyone and try all these wacky things if they don't necessarily work. And at the same time, it's nice to have an open mind so that you can be willing to learn and perhaps discover something that could really add a lot of value and benefit to your life. Okay, so story time. I first discovered EFT when I was in grad school, getting my master's in marriage and family therapy. And at the time I was working as an intern at a um, eating disorder clinic where I was working one-on-one with patients who were struggling with a spectrum of eating disorders. Some had anorexia, some were recovering from bulimia, others were recovering from binge eating disorder. And I was new, right? I was a new therapist who had all sorts of my own fears and anxieties and stresses about learning how to be a therapist. You know, you want to be good. You want to know you're making a difference. But at the same time, 
a part of you has no idea what she's doing. I mean, you know, you're, you're like, this is the first, it's the first time I'm sitting down with somebody who is having suicidal ideations. And of course, for me, there's so much fear that I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to say something that's going to make them worse. You know, you really deeply want to help. That was my deep heart desire was to help people ease their suffering. And at the same time, when you're sitting down with somebody, you realize the complexity of of the mind and the body and the heart and that it's so easy to say the wrong thing or to not actually help. Anyway, all of that to say that I was during this time experiencing a lot of my own stress and anxiety. And I started to recognize that after a day of having client sessions, I tended to leave the office more stressed and anxious than I had been at the start of the day. And in hindsight, I realized that what was happening is I was actually taking on a lot of the energy of the clients. I was taking on a lot of their pain and suffering. And this is quite common when you're starting out in therapy until you start to really build your skills and your capacity to sit with someone in their pain. It's very common to default to actually want to try and help take away their suffering by taking it on yourself. And even if you're not a therapist, you may find that you may do this in your own life with your children, with your loved ones, with your friends, with your coworkers, where you're a very empathic being, you feel deeply for others. And when you see someone suffering, you want to ease their pain, but you go about doing that the wrong way. And you actually intentionally or unintentionally like absorb it into your body like a sponge. And then that only adds to your own feeling of overwhelm or distress or anxiety. So that doesn't work. But when you're doing it, sometimes you don't realize you're doing it. And I had no idea I was doing this initially when I was training to become a therapist. And all I knew was that at the end of the days, I wasn't feeling good. And I was still from time to time would have episodes where I would leave work and I would go get binge foods and I would binge and sometimes purge because it was the only way that my brain knew how to help me feel better after a really intense day in the office, not a traditional office, in the therapy room. And so I started to seek, I started to look for ways to ease my own discomfort and suffering. And I just happened to find on Meetup that there was a tapping group that was going on. And I was at a point where I was just trying anything and everything. And so I showed up to this evening tapping circle and there were maybe 30 women there and we're sitting in a circle and the practitioner um, basically starts to do the tapping process with us. And I just start tapping along and I thought it seemed a little silly I felt a little weird and then she's having us say out loud and repeat after her certain words. And so, you know, you're, you're kind of just following along and wondering if it's actually doing anything. And after about 10 minutes, um, she asks for a volunteer who she was going to work with in the circle and somehow I was selected. And in that moment, my anxiety felt like a 10 out of 10. I was just so anxious from the day. And I remember specifically that I had finished my day working with a a teenage client, a young girl who she herself was extremely anxious. And when you're in her presence, like all I wanted to do was just hug this girl and help ease her overwhelm. And so we started tapping on my anxiety with the entire group. And lo and behold, after a few rounds, 
I felt better. Not only did I feel better, I felt the absence of the anxiety that had been plaguing me that evening, and it felt like it wasn't there anymore. I left that circle feeling incredible, and the anxiety felt like it was a 0 out of 10. When I had arrived, it was a 10 out of 10. Now, I just want you to think for a moment, right? In those moments for yourself where your emotions are 10 out of 10, 8 out of 10, heightened, so uncomfortable, and you are just desperate to try and feel better. If you could shift your discomfort from a 10 down to a 5, that would be a huge win, right? Like to reduce the discomfort in half would make a huge difference in your ability to function. When our discomfort is a 10 out of 10, that is when the brain goes to the extreme measure to try and feel better. And for those of us who have a tendency to use food as the way to feel better, that means food is going to be your default way that you're trying to self-soothe or make the inner discomfort go away. So imagine if there was a tool that you could use and instead of eating, you could sit down and do tapping and that discomfort, which was a 10 out of 10 for me after an hour was gone zero, not there. When that happens, my brain is no longer telling me to go get binge food to try and help myself feel better because I was able to effectively reduce my discomfort and stress without needing food, using this tool, using emotional freedom technique. So that is why I get so passionate about talking about tapping an emotional freedom technique because for me, when I discovered this tool, It was a game changer. And when you can start to learn how to use this for yourself, then you can start to rewire your brain and repattern your emotional eating cycle. And instead of eating to feed your emotions, you start to tap to feel them. And in doing so, you begin to train your brain and reprogram yourself to respond to the internal discomforts as they arise in new, helpful ways. Because stuffing down your feelings with food does not actually help you feel better. We know that it actually floods you with more feelings of guilt and shame and frustration afterwards. So if anything, using food to self-soothe only contributes to the emotional distress that you were feeling in the first place. It's not an actual long-term solution. Tapping provides a self-help tool that actually is a solution to easing your discomfort. And it works not just emotionally, it is working on a physiological level, which I'm going to get to. So that was my first experience with tapping. I left there totally transformed, no longer skeptical. Instead, I was inspired. I was curious. I needed to understand what this, what felt like a, a magic sort of technique was and how I could learn it and how I could use it with clients because If it was going to make this much of a difference for me, then I knew it was going to make this much of a difference for others. And I knew I had to get educated. So I started to take um, weekend tapping workshops and trainings through EFT Universe, which in my opinion is one of the best um, training programs out there. They have done a handful of the research that's out there on their website. You can find a list of every study ever done on tapping. And at this point, I think there's hundreds, which is pretty neat. And one of my favorite studies that for me was really telling and supportive of what I experienced was conducted by Dawson Church. And they actually measured participants' cortisol levels. 
before and after a tapping session. And they found that on average, cortisol levels, which cortisol is the stress hormone, they found that cortisol levels typically decrease by 24 to 50% after a one-hour tapping session. So again, when we're talking about ways that you can manage stress or help yourself feel better, if you're a stress eater, this is going to apply to you. Tapping is actually working on the physiological level, meaning it is working with your body. It is the repetitive motion of tapping is sending a signal to the brain, essentially stimulating the amygdala where there's the fight, flight, freeze response. And it's letting your brain and body know that it can relax, that there isn't danger, that it's safe, and that it can release whatever stress or tension it's holding and actually transition into a state of calm or relaxation. The way I like to think about this is if you were in a building and the fire alarm went off, you know, maybe you can remember when you were a child in school and kids would play pranks and they pull the fire alarm. And when the fire alarm goes off, it's jarring and you have to leave the building. Well, the fire alarm, even if you know there isn't a fire, even if you know it was a prank, there's no fire, the fire alarm isn't going to go off by you just simply telling the fire alarm, hey, there's no emergency, stop. doesn't work that way. You have to actually go and manually flip the switch to turn off the alarm. Your body is going to work the same way. Our body is getting activated by all sorts of stressors in our environment that often aren't big deals, right? Being in traffic could activate a a huge stress response in your body and your brain may know it's fine. I can relax. And you may tell yourself to calm down. But if the body itself, if the fire alarm of your body has been activated and you are now in a stress response, typically just simply telling yourself to calm down isn't enough to actually help the body physiologically relax and come back into a state of regulation. So we need a switch that is going to signal to the body and to the brain that it is actually safe to relax and that there isn't danger. And tapping on the acupressure points and using emotional freedom technique is one way that you can actually flip the switch to work with the body somatically so that you can come back into a state of regulation, and actually feel more peace and ease and calm. What is not to love about this? You can see why I get so jazzed about it. And a lot of times I meet people who kind of laugh at me and think I'm, you know, maybe that crazy lady. But I have told people, people who have not yet been open to try this technique, even though I make a very compelling argument and I invite them to just try it and see for themselves, and I invite you to do the same, if you're unsure, you get to try it and see for yourself. But I would tell them, I guarantee, and I guarantee to you as well, that in the future, 10 years, 20 years, who knows, everyone will be tapping the same way everyone brushes their teeth. I really believe that this is a self-help tool like meditation that is going to universally become like a foundation for how we take care of our body and our mind and our emotions. So I said, mark my word, one day you will be tapping and you will remember the day that Sarah told you about it. Just in case I haven't yet convinced you of the reasons why you should try tapping, I want to explain a little bit more from my perspective what I believe the benefits of tapping are. 
I call these the four R's. And tapping can really help you accomplish the following. Number one, to release your emotions. Two, to rebalance your body's energy system. Three, to relax your body physiologically. And four, to reprogram your subconscious mind. I want to spend some time elaborating on these because I've really just generally talked about tapping and what it does, but it might feel a little too vague. And so now we're going to go a little bit deeper because there are some basic tapping processes and then there are advanced tapping processes, which are really fun and can actually help you get into the subconscious to do deeper healing work around trauma healing and emotional wound repair. So let's start with the first R, release your emotions. The name actually says it, emotional freedom technique, that you're going to be freeing emotions when you do this process. But people tend to be surprised, myself included, with how often emotions arise. People don't realize how much you're holding in your body. And then for some reason, you start tapping and it's like you can't contain it. The tears just start flowing or the anger just arises. And it really brings to the surface any of the trapped emotional energy that has been stuck in the body. Emotions are meant to be energy in motion. And so when you're doing tapping, you're liberating any emotion that didn't complete its process and that got stuck in the body. And these emotions can be present day emotions, right? If you're pissed off at something somebody said or did to you today, you can do tapping to help process that anger. But it can also help you liberate any repressed emotions that you have stuffed down or haven't fully healed from the past. And this is one of the most important ways that I think tapping can be used. Because for most people who I work with, and this was true for myself, when you're struggling with any form of an eating disorder, that usually develops over time in response to a lot of unhealed emotional pain. Especially when it comes to binging and bulimia, binging is a way that we stuff down the emotions or try to numb or soothe the internal discomfort. And purging can be a way that you try to release from the body um, any of the pain that maybe is stuck inside. So both are really maladaptive attempts or ways that we try to help ourselves heal emotional pain. And with tapping, you're able to actually go back and find all the emotions that are still alive inside connected to painful memories, okay? So you may already have ideas that come to mind of really difficult experiences, and maybe those were relationships, heartbreak, emotional or physical abuse, loss of a loved one. Um, it could be a physical accident, right? It could have been bullied or parents getting a divorce or moving all of the time. Um, you know, there's a, a very long list of experiences that you may have had over your life that have been painful. And typically you may find that just thinking about those is painful or you don't even want to think about it because it elicits and brings up some emotion or some charge. And that's an indication that those energies are still alive inside and you're still carrying pain from the past. 
and that you could benefit from using tapping to help neutralize the charge and the emotions from the past painful memories. So the way that real quick, a a lesson in the subconscious, right? The way that the subconscious mind works and the mind, by the way, is not just located in your brain. The mind scientists believe is really encompasses the entire body and the cells of the body. And so memories can be stored in our body, in our cells, and the memories can be explicit or implicit. Explicit means you have imagery and you remember the event you remember what happens and what's overlaid on the images because your brain is storing like what happened and who was there and the pain that I felt and the brain remembers the pain because it wants to avoid feeling that again in the future so present day your brain is scanning for similar cues or people or beings that were associated with the past memory and pain so that it can anticipate if it's in a situation that could be dangerous and take actions to protect you. So a lot of times we have very tangible, explicit memories that still have a charge and emotions. And you can use tapping to tap on the memories of the past to also liberate or free or neutralize those emotional energies. Meaning when you bring to mind the event or the memory, it won't hold the same charge or have the same activation for you. You won't get triggered the same or be flooded the same. Other memories are implicit memories, meaning you may not actually remember with your mind what happened. And this tends to be true with a lot of developmental experiences, especially before the age of two. We typically don't have a memory of the events that happened, but the body stores the memories, right? A very famous book is The Body Keeps the Score, and we know that the body holds the memories of experiences. And so even if you don't remember what happened to you, if there's still a body memory, an implicit memory that is creating stress or fear or emotion for you, well, you can use tapping to help liberate any of the emotional charge that's present, even if you don't know where it's coming from. This is extremely powerful and helpful in one's healing journey. When I work with clients one-on-one or in my group programs, I tend to do more advanced tapping techniques that are designed to identify either these explicit or implicit memories which create those emotional wounds from the past that are alive inside that contribute to somebody binging or purging or emotionally eating to soothe the emotional pains of the past. And so if we can go in and actually liberate and neutralize those pains, it decreases the intensity and frequency of the urges and desires to engage in the self-soothe pattern using food. And so the process I use is a more advanced tapping procedure that The intention is to create a corrective experience. So we're going back into the memory. We're identifying what the pain and the emotion is that hasn't yet been processed. And we're using tapping to process that. But then I also guide people through a facilitation of repair, meaning we bring in the people or the beings that are necessary to help create sort of a new memory or a new imprint where that person feels safe and feels heard, and feels supported, and loved in a way that that being did not experience in the past. 
So that's what the corrective experience is. And the result is we start to imprint within the body and within the the nervous system, a new emotional state or overlay. So if the old emotion was fear and anxiety and loneliness, right, we're going to go in and, and process those energies and then work on replacing it with a sense of safety and support and love. And this has been one of the most powerfully transformative healing experiences that has benefited me on my healing journey. And that is just so beautiful to facilitate for others and witness the release and the healing that comes from it. This is one reason why I really encourage you to work with a practitioner for tapping because most people tell me that when they start out learning tapping for themselves, um, sometimes they're like, eh, I didn't really notice anything. And I would say that's because we tend to have our own blind spots. And so unless you're really emotionally aware or pretty skilled at navigating your inner emotions and emotional landscape, then initially you may find that there's a learning curve that's challenging for you to get going. You could try tapping on your own. I have a free tapping class that I'll link below. That's about a 20-minute class that explains the basic tapping process. And I also have a pretty cheap tapping bundle, which is designed for beginners to tapping. It takes you through like the most simple, basic tapping process where you can start. So if you're a beginner, this is going to be a course that I recommend for you because it's going to just give you audios that you can tap along with and follow what I say. And then you sort of fill in the blanks with your own words. If you're more advanced, I would, you probably already know what you're doing. Um, but I would encourage you then to work with somebody if you're needing to do the deeper work, like the repair and the corrective experience that I was talking about. If you have a lot of history and charge still connected to your past. The last thing I'll say about that is you may not think with that brain of yours that you have unresolved issues from the past. I fell into that category when I first started my healing journey. I thought I had a great childhood and that I didn't have any trauma. And if you're somebody who thinks the same, I'm going to tell you right now that that probably means you have a lot of unresolved trauma because we all have trauma from our past. And it's not because we didn't have amazing parents who loved us and gave us a great childhood. It's because no parent is perfect at meeting all of your needs. And for a child whose brain and nervous system is extremely sensitive, something as simple as your parents giving birth to a sibling and giving their attention to that that child instead of you could create a flood of emotions and fears and insecurities that are still present in your subconscious mind that are contributing to your beliefs that you're not good enough or that you need to always be better or that you're unlovable, right? These core wounds and core beliefs that show up as adults were formed in childhood. And I was shocked when I started doing tapping, uh, more advanced tapping on my emotional wounds, at the memories that were showing up It's like you literally tap into the subconscious and things emerge that you didn't realize were below the surface, which is part of the reason why subconscious work and emotional wound healing is so important because by design, the conscious mind doesn't know what's in the subconscious, but our subconscious is like 90% of our functioning. So it's pretty important that we start to go below the iceberg and uncover what is in the depths and the darkness of our being and our psyche. That's why we call it shadow work, because we're going into the shadows. 
but it's usually not that scary. And it's usually these seemingly innocent moments that actually left these huge imprints for us, right? I remember when I started doing this work, I had a memory of when my sister was born and I felt so sad that I wasn't able to go to the hospital for her birth. And I felt like I was left behind and abandoned. And at five years old, I concluded I need to be the perfect child so that I never get left behind again. And that was so emotional for me to revisit. And if I had sat down with a therapist and talked about my past, I never would have ever brought that up as a key moment that shaped my perfectionism or my feelings of inadequacy ever, because that was not a memory that was present in my conscious mind. It was in the subconscious, right? That was stored in the body. So this is why I advocate for working with a practitioner, because those are things that on your own, you're probably not going to access or uncover, but starting out, it is still better to learn the basic tapping process and use that on your own to process your day-to-day emotions and support your body in feeling more calm and ease, which is probably the most commonly reported outcome that people I work with say they experience is just after tapping, they feel more calm. And that alone is a reason enough to begin to learn and practice this technique. Moving on to the second R, rebalance your body's energy system. We've mentioned earlier that tapping opens up blockages in your energy system, repairing these disruptions and allowing your body and your immune system to function properly and repair and heal itself. No one heals you, your body heals you, and tapping removes the blockages to support your body and more easily facilitating the healing that it just naturally and innately does on its own. Pretty incredible. And when it comes to energy, a lot of people will report that they feel buzzing or tingling. Oftentimes people will feel energy sort of moving up through the head or crown or down the body and out the fingers and toes. So the more you practice and really tune into the subtle energy of the body, the more you'll start to recognize the way that tapping is supporting the energy circulation within your own system. The third R is relax your body physiologically. I already pointed to the study that showed how tapping is reducing cortisol in the body. So we know it really is a relaxation technique that promotes an actual relaxation response in the body. And for most of us, we could benefit from more effective relaxation techniques because when I ask most people what they do to relax, they usually give me that look that says nothing. I drink wine. I eat food, but most people aren't prioritizing time to actually like relax the body. And that's something that you need in this day and age when we're overstimulated and we tend to run in a stress state more often than not. So being able to practice tapping whenever you need to just help relax is going to add so much benefit to your life. And the final R is reprogramming your subconscious mind. One of the common benefits or side effects of tapping is that you can experience cognitive shifts or changes in perceptions and beliefs about yourself or about others and about situations. So a simple example, 
which I tend to see is people will tell me they're so stressed, 10 out of 10, because they have so much to do, not enough time. There's all this pressure to get everything done and it's causing them to burn out. And we'll go through tapping and all the stress and everything they have to get done and this pressure where it feels so urgent. And typically after a few rounds, as the stress and the emotions start to decrease, everybody laughs or they shrug their shoulders and they say, it's not that big a deal. Like, it's not the end of the world if I don't get this done. I'm just going to do what I can and like not put so much pressure on myself. And we can see from a new perspective how something felt like it was a really big deal. And then we get this new lens or perspective and we recognize if I don't email this person back today, like no one dies. If I don't email them back for two weeks, like it's actually okay. And I don't have to keep burning myself out to get these relatively small or minor tasks done if they're not actually urgent responsibilities. Another example when it comes to emotional eating is oftentimes people will hate themselves, judge themselves. Why am I weak? I have no willpower. I feel so much shame about this behavior. And with a few rounds of tapping, or sometimes because this is a deeper wound, multiple sessions of tapping, um, people will start to have more compassion for themselves. They'll start to see that there was a function of the behavior, that I was doing everything I could to help myself and I didn't have the support and tools I needed. And now instead of hating myself to change, I'm choosing to love myself and appreciate myself for the work I'm doing and how far I've come. So that would be another example of a cognitive shift that you could experience. And there's an endless list of cognitive shifts that you could have. But typically what I find is that the mind returns to truth. It's able to remove the veil of illusion, the veil of judgment or criticism or fear, and actually see yourself and life and situations through a lens of love or compassion and not through this charged energy that doesn't necessarily reflect reality. There are a few other ways that I think tapping can actually benefit you that hasn't necessarily been studied or shown by research, but my own personal observation has led me to believe that this is definitely at play. So the first, when we're tapping on all these points and we're speaking and processing, I really believe it's working on some level to interrupt the neural networks in the brain, right? Our mind fires and wires these electrical signals and impulses that influence what we're thinking or how we're feeling. And I suspect on some level tapping is supporting to weaken those neural networks and kind of create space to lay the tracks for the new ways of thinking or feeling moving forward. Secondly, I believe that tapping supports us in opening the throat chakra. And this is so important for women especially and for those who are binging or purging because we tend to, instead of speaking our truth or expressing how we feel or asking for what we need, we tend to stuff those things, our voice, down with food. And so part of this emotional pain that has been sort of stuffed down inside is that we have stopped expressing the magnitude of our pain and using our voice. And with tapping, you are speaking out loud. There's a vocal activation and it requires you to express and say things. And when you do that, I believe you're liberating some of the blocks through the throat chakra. 
by expressing and speaking your truth. There's also something really interesting that happens is when you say something for the first time that maybe you've avoided saying or haven't even admitted to yourself, that when you say it out loud, it like echoes back and you hear it in a new way. And hearing yourself speak something can also have a profound impact on how much you're able to process or heal from it. There's also a really important part of tapping, which is that if you're tapping on anger or frustration towards yourself or towards another, whatever it is that you're feeling, in tapping, we say, I love and accept myself. Even though I'm frustrated at my spouse, I love and accept myself. Even though I'm so shameful that I binge and purged again, I love and accept myself. Even though I messed up horribly and I failed or I lost my job or my marriage is falling apart, I love and accept myself. And it's incredible to see how hard it is for people initially to say, I love and accept myself. Most people struggle or stumble to do that. And so I'll encourage people then to say, I'm learning to love and accept myself, or I'm learning to accept these emotions, or I'm learning to forgive myself for this. But this is one of the reasons why tapping is effective is that you are learning how to accept what is. You're learning to accept the horrible things that happen to you, all of the the nasty thoughts that you're thinking or the behaviors you're doing secret behind closed doors. You're accepting all of your humanness, all of your human experience, all of your imperfections without judgment, but with compassion and acceptance and love for self, love for your suffering, validation of your emotions. And this is one of the most healing qualities of tapping, I believe. I don't know how research can start to prove that that's true, but I've just seen it over and over and over again, that the underlying ingredient for healing, regardless of the modality, is self-love or love for humans. And this is built into the tapping process, which is why I love it oh so much, along with all the other laundry list of reasons that I've given in this episode today. So if you're somebody who's wondering, how do I use this tool to benefit me? Here's what I recommend. If you're an emotional eater or a binge eater, or you struggle with bulimia, what I advise is that you start to learn how to use tapping. And anytime you notice the urge to eat, to deal with an internal emotion or thought that doesn't feel good, that you want to make go away, you practice tapping instead And you begin to learn how to process and free the emotional energy that is driving your brain to want to eat to help you feel better. And instead, you use tapping to process that emotional energy and help your brain and body feel more calm and ease naturally without food. You can also begin to use tapping on a daily basis or anytime you're in emotional distress, even if it's not driving you to emotionally eat. As human beings, it is unavoidable that we are going to be experiencing a spectrum of emotions, and this is a tool that's handy to have in your toolkit anytime you may need when the emotions really peak or life throws you some curveballs and circumstances are overwhelming or stressful. So to get started, you can go ahead and access my free tapping training. In that training, I'm going to actually show you how to perform the basic tapping sequence, which is easier to see with your eyes and watch so you can mirror what it is that I'm doing and where I'm tapping versus me trying to teach you on the podcast. 
Additionally, if you're wanting to have a little bit more guidance, you can purchase the tapping bundle, which I'll also include a link to below. It's $47 and it's going to give you some tapping scripts so you can read the scripts and basically fill in the blank with your own words. And it has audios so you can download the audios for stress, if you're feeling fear, if you're feeling shame, sadness, grief, all the emotions, you download the audios, you can save them to your phone. And anytime you're feeling that emotion, you can listen to it. And again, it's very basic. This is an introductory tapping sequence. So it's nothing fancy like what you might see on tapping videos online, but you can go through and then insert your own words specific to what it is you're thinking or feeling and go through the process with this as sort of a structure or framework for you to follow along. Lastly, I encourage you to consider working with a practitioner. Now, obviously, I love to support beings one-on-one and in my group programs using tapping among other modalities. That's not all we do, but it is one of the tools I tend to use frequently because of all the reasons I've explained especially to access those deeper emotional wounds from the past that need some corrective experiences and healing. If you're interested in working more in depth with me to do the deeper inner work, you can click the link below for the application to join the waitlist for group programs and one-on-one. At this time, I do have on average a six to 12 month wait for one-on-one work, but in the new year, I will be launching a group program that is going to be a really incredible way for you to work with me, learn these tools, do the deeper healing work, and receive support in a community of like-hearted, like-minded souls who are on a similar journey as you. So if you're curious to learn more about when those opportunities are available, join the waitlist so that you can get notified. Lastly, I want to encourage you, if you are going to embark on learning how to use tapping for yourself, that you have patience and an open mind. You are learning a new tool, a new skill, sort of like learning how to ride a bike. And at first it may feel shaky and wobbly, and you may wonder if you're doing it right, or if you're ever going to get the hang of it. But if you just try it once and decide this isn't for me and this doesn't work, you're never going to actually learn for yourself how to use this tool there's a learning curve. So give yourself grace, give yourself time, commit to learning over time, because I guarantee that it does work. It just takes sometimes a little bit of figuring out, which is why it's nice to have a practitioner who can support you in learning. But if right now that's not an option for you, you don't have the time or finances, you can learn on your own, go get the free training and begin to practice. But just keep in mind that you are open to learning and you will continue to show up and play with this tool until you find a way that it works for you. Happy tapping. Thanks for tuning in to the Empowered Eating and Living Podcast. If you liked today's episode, make sure to follow the show so you don't miss future episodes. And if you loved it, then please share this episode on your social media or send it to loved ones who may benefit from listening too. 